Hello and welcome to 5 Minutes with Sean, maybe 10 today, yet another special dealer sit-down edition. I am uh, grateful to be sitting with a wonderful client and uh, friend of the program here, um, Mark Phillips, General Manager, McGrath Honda of Elgin. And, uh, you know, I really just want to talk with Mark about what is on his mind. Um, really no pre-agenda here. We're up here doing other things. And uh, today is a, a training kind of culture day for Mark and his team. And I was up here to, to meet the new, the new trainer and get to know what's going on with that. So, um, uh, Mark, thanks a lot for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Glad to be here. It's awesome. So when, when I first sat down today and we were just chatting, you and I were talking about reviews. And, Absolutely. And you had said that you were signing up with Podium and that you had a reaction to that. You felt a certain way. Well, why don't you just tell me again kind of where you stood on the whole idea of reviews and, and, and dealing with that. Well, reviews is difficult. It's part of our business today. Uh, you know, there's a, I think internally for all of us, there's a sense of unfairness about it. You know, they're not always, we feel like, justified from the customer side of it. And how do we combat that? And how do we make sure we get enough? Of our happy customers out there you know singing our praises and that's difficult to do the uh, problem I was having with podium was is uh, they promote every review whether it's good bad or indifferent I'm thinking if I'm gonna pay these guys they should be promoting just the good ones Sure. Yeah, right. But they can't do that because that goes against what Google's looking for and everyone Absolutely. else and, and I get that and I think I think you find at least I find that people tend to do reviews in a negative light, right? And I don't think a lot of people get excited and go home and tell people about it. I think right. they get pissed off and they go yell about it, Hell right? Away. And I was just having this discussion with my wife the other day. We've, we're coming up on a year with our landscaper and she said, did you do a review yet? No, not anymore. I'm doing a review 12 months <laughs> post my engagement with people because so much can change and so much can go downhill. Do you think that the immediacy that we put in front of our customers for the reviews is a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, for our business, you know, the euphoric part starts when you purchase a car. To buy a car should be fun. Uh, you should enjoy the heck out of it. Uh, so I think that's when they're most likely to give us a good review versus, you know, down the road if they have issues with the car. You know, today's customer thinks it should run for 100 years and uh, never have a problem. You right. know? Which is not the case. Which no, is not the case at all. Never. When, when you deal with... How do you deal with bad reviews? You and I have never talked about this. I mean, how, how, how do, you, do you do you combat? I mean, you don't argue, right? I mean, no, there's nothing, there's nothing. But you don't hide either. No, there's nothing worth arguing about. I usually try to respond. I put my personal cell phone number out there. I want to hear from their side. I want to hear their experience, you know. Um, probably 95% of them have a valid point. There's probably only a small percentage of them that are just really uh, too difficult to please, you know. That's, that's why they're somebody's ex. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we definitely don't want to hide from them. We definitely want to meet them head on. And we definitely want to try to you know, change that person's uh, perception of us. I think that's an important thing about it. And I think when you look at the way that you're going about it with your reviews, I think it makes a ton of sense to – the system now is more of an automation, right, for the system of the reviews. They Absolutely. can still do it when the customer's hot if we have the yep. engagement. But ultimately, this is going to do that. And you signed up with a review company to accomplish what? Well, to get more of our customers' voices out there. Uh, I truly believe we have more advocates than we do people that don't like us. I mean, we're going to make some people mad. That's just part of life. Uh, some people aren't going to see it our way. But uh, it's just to, to prod those advocates to get out there and let people know that, that we aren't just what our last bad review was. 
I mean, that's, and I think that's an important part about it is that the reviews, they have a place in our business and we can't hide from them anymore. There's, there's just nowhere to go, right? So you, you can't be around that. Well, since we're sort of on the technology side of things um, and, and looking at what dealers deal with, uh, from a review side, obviously there's some struggles. Internally, a struggle that you and I discussed kind of right off the, val- uh, right off the top was uh, the gross retention, people being able to keep gross on units you know, the, the idea the customer believes every car we sell, if we sold to them for $24,000, we made $24,000, right? They're just magically dropped from the heavens yeah. onto the lot. We own them for nothing and we sell them. You were, you were making a comment to me um, just about that sort of having to have uh, a value. Kind of go into your gross theory and, and how you look at it. Well, I think it's an event for most customers. I mean, we get lost in it as dealers because we do it every day, multiple times a day. Uh, customers do it every three to ten years, you know, depending on uh, your customer. So I think it should be a, a, a nice, fun event for people to look forward to. Unfortunately, it's not that, you know. Uh, we've gotten so competitive with each other that we're so anxious to steal a deal from the next dealer down the road that we've gone from value selling to price selling. And when you get to price selling, there's not much left anymore. Well, right, and you hear this all the time, right, that, you know, um, Sixty percent of customers don't don't buy a car solely based on price, which I think I could agree to that they don't solely buy a car based on price. But to back that up, I think a hundred percent of people put you in the running based on pricing online, right? Absolutely. I mean that we can agree to. Absolutely, you got to be competitive, uh, but you also still have to have a value proposition. I think we do the customer a disservice if they're buying just on price. And uh, so many people buy a dollars $30,000 car today that has so much technology in it. And because they bought solely on price and their salesperson was weak or didn't know the product or, or didn't care because there was nothing in it for them because it was a mini deal, they don't get the value out of that car because they don't know how to use all the stuff on it. I was just sitting with family and they bought a CRV from uh, the Honda dealer up in Madison, Wisconsin. If you're client of ours, Zimmerick Automotive. And my aunt says to me, hey, you know what would be nice for a lady in her 60s? would be like a 30-day bring-me-back-in workshop because I still have no idea what this car does. And so I brought it to ownership, and they were like, why haven't we been doing this? Where are we, why, why have we lost our way, right? So um, with, with the value proposition, how do you train salespeople? Because the mentality, right? I mean, you've been here now one year. Yes. The mentality previous to you was Larry Logros, just, just get that car down yep. the road. We'll sell as many as we can. Absolutely. And you changed it. How did you change it? Well, you just have to change the culture. You have to you have to put the salespeople and the managers on the customer side. You know, it's sad when a customer comes back in three weeks or three months from now, or comes in for their first old change, and tells somebody they don't know how something works, or uh, I've got a new phone and I can't pair it up, or how does the Bluetooth? Or work? I don't know who my salesman was, like, right? I don't, I don't remember my salesman. The whiz. So, it's not it's not an easy transition to make uh, sure. from uh, price selling to value uh, selling, but uh, it's worth it in the long run. You get our our Google reviews are up one solid point, which is a lot, right? A two nine to a three nine is nothing to. That's like taking gross average, in my opinion, from five hundred to fifteen hundred. That's how I look at it. Is yeah. that fair to say? That's fair. Okay. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's a struggle, you know, and it's a struggle with the customers too to show them there's a reason that they do business here. That's guys. This is this is a dealer talking, guys. Not me. Not a vendor. This is a real dealer telling you the issues. Well, I think that kind of nicely parlays into uh, one of the one of the last things we're going to talk about, which is you had said to me previous to us going on air here that 
your used car market is as or more competitive price-wise than the new car market. And I asked you, had you ever seen this in your career? And you answered me with no. What does it change? I mean, how, how, has, it, how has it made business different today? You know, it's a, it's a new phenomenon. Probably over the last couple of years, it's evolved into that, you know. But um, just about all of our car deals start out online today, whether it's new or used. But a lot of new car people are just going to see if you got a red one in stock or what's the, this year's model look like or how's it compared to, you know, another brand. Where your new car shopper is, is looking. They saw 27 pictures. They know the price. They know the car facts of it. They know the, they go to autotradercars.com, car gurus, all these places. They know everything about that car inside and out. Probably more than 90% of your salespeople do when they get here with it, you know? Right. They just don't know whether somebody smoked in it or not. That's about the only difference. Because they, they haven't sat in it. they got to smell right? it yeah. first. Didn't have dogs or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and, and for the right pre-owned car at the right miles at the right price, a customer will drive two hours, three hours to do it. They'll drive from Wisconsin to Indiana. Oh, I believe that. For a new car... They almost spit them out like a Pez dispenser. You know, they're the same. A, a new Civic's a new Civic's a new Civic at any Honda store, right? Right. They all paid the same for them. Right. Used cars is different. They're not reconditioned the same. They weren't driven the same. So do you have to really stand up on your reconditioning? Because, I mean, I, I know you guys are pretty top-notch the way you do reconditioning. Is that what you kind of stand on in the used car world, or, or how do you stand apart? I think you have to. I, I mean, you don't apologize. Every time you apologize for something on a used car that's not fixed, it costs you $500. Wow. So that's my opinion. So wow. if you're going to put a car out there that's not completely reconditioned, it should be because it's your price leader. You know, I'll be honest with you. I, when I was here last, I was leaving the store, and a salesman had a vehicle pulled up out front. And a couple of sweet little old ladies were looking at the car. It was just adorable. <laughs> and he's being really cute and nice with them. And she says, oh, oh, this gigantic gouge you know, underneath the door. Absolutely. And he said, oh, come here. Give me your nail. He said, you run your nail over that. And he goes, did it get stuck? And she goes, no. He goes, I'll buff it out before you even, before you even know it. And she smile on her face was, oh my gosh, you could do that, right? And there he was. He wasn't price selling anymore. He was value selling. That don't worry, we're gonna take care of you. And I, it brought a, it, it brought a smile to my face that lasted me at least thirty minutes of driving because I just, I, it was I was so happy to see that the customers are are. It's not always a terrible experience, I guess, is my point, man. You know, it's, right. there are good salespeople. There is good experiences to be had. Absolutely. But when we deal with technology, we can't – We, the idea that we would bypass a company like Carvana and how they go about doing things um, wouldn't be fair. And so how has Carvana or the idea of all of these other ways to buy a car, whether it's Fair.com, whether it's them at Carvana, or, I don't even care, right? Any, any of these guys – what has that done to change the game for you, and how do you view companies like that? I actually love Carvana. I love what they're doing. Uh, you know, I, I don't know whether they're going to make it or not. They're not the first to try that. Uh, but shame on us as car dealers for allowing them even into the market, you know? So I'm going to stop you there, okay? okay. <laughs> because when someone says something like that, I think everyone needs to listen. Um, this is a car dealer with, by the way, we're in his office at his lot with a gigantic, expansive inventory that he pays for, and he says to me, I wish we could do it. Mark, why can't we do it? You know, I, we tend to always lag a little bit behind in, in belief that the people doesn't want to, you know, still come and spend four hours with us on a beautiful Saturday afternoon sure. to, to go through the, the, the process. Um, you know, some of it's our, 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 our lenders, our mental anguish with, oh, I'm not going to get a good chance out of an F&I if they're not here in the store. Or you can't make gross, back to our earlier discussion, gross, right? You yeah. can't make gross, but... Is that would that be true if the customer saw the price, liked the price, and had it delivered to their house? Wouldn't it almost make gross 
I don't want to say easier, but less of an objection if it was about the convenience of the customer? There's no argument with the customer. I mean, it's the, the CarMax of the world. They've already, CarMax has already taken the price out of it. They've already done it, right? They just did a better job than we have of convincing everybody that, and they're making money. They're usually yes. higher priced than we are. They are. And my, they're, so they're, I, they're brilliant. God my, bless them. My I mean, sister went to buy a Tribeca in Colorado with my buddies who own a Subaru store. She went to CarMax because they could get the one from, you know, Dallas shipped in for free. Right. No issues, blah, 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 blah. Well, there you go, right? She's happy because she got what she wanted where another dealer wouldn't just call another dealer and get her a car. Do you try in your process uh, from, from an online engagement to, to get into that world uh, with a customer who's further with, away? With our BDC, we, yeah. we do uh, you know, offer that occasionally uh, for customers as a, you know, an opening, a way to open it up and say we've got more than one business model here. Yeah. And, and we could... You know, we even offer with one of our product specialists a, a demonstration at home or at work for one of their customers. If they want to, uh, you know, go there and have it done, we'll be glad to do that. Sometimes it's a comfort level for a customer. And maybe that's their first introduction to us. And if it's in their driveway versus our driveway, they're going to feel a lot more comfortable and they're going to absorb that. I know that to be true. I mean, you, you can't can... say we don't have the time. We have salespeople standing around every dealership on the planet other than a one or two busy times a week. I mean, to be fair, we're sitting here on a Thursday afternoon in, in mid-May, and there are people who could who could potentially drive almost anywhere within an hour radius um, and get that done. So, and you and I, you and I both share an experience with Subaru in our past, and we know that Subaru customers are as crazy as it gets. Drive across the state for fifty dollars, not in payment, just in total price. When I used to run a Subaru store, we would deliver cars to the mountains. You know, it was no big issue. We would take paperwork. But you had just made mention to me right before we started that now you're getting callbacks from lenders that are basically stating customer must be in the dealership to sign the paperwork. Yeah, and if we uh, submit an application and the customer doesn't live in our area, a lot of the callbacks will say customer must sign in store. Uh, so I, I don't know. Is that new, Mark? It's, I mean, I, I, it's been a long time since I've been in F and I box. Last twelve months. Since okay. I've seen it, you know. Really? Yeah. So that's real new then. Yeah. And so that I, I can't imagine that com- like you said, fraud, right? The, the combatants, the hope of combating fraud, I suppose. Um, well, geez, we we talk about Carvana, we look at the model, we talk about the salespeople. Um, what's the one thing that you think as we close this whole thing out? that dealers really need to understand about all of this new coming technology? What's the one thing you want them to hear? I think we just got to understand our customer better. I mean, there's a reason that Amazon has went ballistic in the last five years, you know? Now we don't even price shop Amazon. We're, we're just prime, and we know that it'll bring it to us in a day or two, and who cares if it's $10 more, you know, or you could have went to Best Buy. And, and you know that it is, right? Have you heard about these, like, buying programs, right? These kids will go to Walmart, They'll yeah. buy a bunch of white shirts. They'll sell them to Amazon. And you'll pay three dollars more to Amazon Amen. than this kid bought it at Walmart, and he's making money. I, I read an article. Kid making six figures reselling Walmart's goods to Amazon so he could sell them to you. I, look, I get it. You know, um, we were talking earlier. The most expensive thing I bought online up until this year uh, was nothing. It was you know hundred bucks. But this year alone, my wife and I have purchased a dishwasher and a washer and dryer set. Okay. Completely online from the Home Depot. Just nothing for nothing. And we looked at each other and said, what the hell, right? <laughs> what have we been missing? And she says, because she's been with me 15 years, she goes, well, this is exactly how I buy cars. I go, well, good for you, because I got to go to the store, get all the paperwork, bring it back home, put your car in a bow, right? And so this is what we see. Do you find yourself just becoming more and more of an e-commerce shopper, just in general, in your life? 
Absolutely. It, it's, it's a time saver uh, and time's worth more than money. I'd buy my wife's next car. I, I'm, I drive a store demo I have for years. I'm in the car business, you know? Right. I do this every day and I love the car business. My wife gets a new car every two and a half to three years. I'd buy her next car online if I could. That's and guys, I brought to the house. Guys, did you hear what he just said? He's the, he's the man running dealerships today. He's not advocating you go out of business, correct? No. Not his no. advocation. His advocation is to listen to your customers. And it's not that they need to do everything online. They just need to feel like their time is more important than it has been. Is that fair? Absolutely. Or at least that they have an option. I, I think if you give them the option, still half of them are going to say, well, you know, showing up and touching the car and seeing it there is not that bad, big a deal. I think you just got to give them the option. But Mark, will you, this, I'm, I'm going back into it. I said I was going to close it out, but one more question. Will you, will you negotiate, will you do a deal with someone through your BDC in your desk that wants to do all that, who lives an hour away? Absolutely. It, you will. You will take them through the process, do as much as you possibly can to make a deal. Absolutely. Well, the only thing at the end would stop us from finalizing would be that lender saying their paperwork. But that's it, right? There's nothing you would stop. You wouldn't say, nope, got to see your car to give you an appraisal. Nope, got to have a best price store. Absolutely not. Wow. That's the takeaway for me, guys, is that you need to stop. This guy's been doing it how long, Mark? What year are we coming up on? 15 years. 15 years coming up on the car business. And he's telling you, don't be afraid to negotiate with your customer over the phone. Don't be afraid to get involved with trades. Don't be afraid to give them options. I hope you've heard the message. Mark, man, thanks a lot for being on. I really appreciate it. Guys, as always, you can reach me, Sean, at carbizdonebetter.com. The cell phone number, although none of you use it, you should. I want to hear from you, 262-278-0157. That's text or phone. You can also find me active on LinkedIn. Any other social networks is just my marketing company. But we look forward to uh, having you on the next episode. Everyone have a great day. Thanks.